Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 32 of the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I'm with Matt and Alan and morale is low. Matt, how are you, pal? I'm okay. managed to lose my phone and my wallet this weekend. Oh it's, my god. It's not, it's not been a vintage one, but uh, it's nice to see you boys. And how, yeah. many, how many beers? Quite a lot. Quite a few shandies in the end. Really? Yeah, yeah some white wine. Oh, stupid. And, Al- <laughs> and Alan, you're struggling with some hay fever, so... Sinuses are flaring up big time. So your famous nasal tones oh are going to be turned up to 11. It's going to be a nightmare for everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, with that, please do stick around. We've got a really good show for you. Um, thanks for listening to us on iTunes or on Acast and chatting to us on Twitter at ThistleRugbyPod on Instagram, ThistleRugbyPod. And we've had a few more emails in our burgeoning Thistle mailbag and that is the thistle rugby at gmail.com if you do this on itunes please get on there give us a rating and a review like this one from not a fan of ryan wilson who says top quizzes niche scottish banter and at times cynical views all the ingredients for a great podcast please keep up the good work that was five stars so thanks a lot for that so we've got a great show we've had a chat with um johnny petrie the managing director of edinburgh rugby on the day of their big rebrand and the announcement of mini murrayfield so we're going to play that in a little bit but before we get that to that we're gonna have a quick look at the news from the last couple of weeks including a slightly strange signing in my opinion from glasgow who've signed the um, an american number eight called david tamalo anyone get any thoughts on that I mean, I don't think anyone had ever heard of him. 
I mean, no, absolutely not. He's he's not that young either. He's yeah. 28 years old. Although, to be fair, I think the story was he played a bit of rugby when he was younger. Then he went to college to play American football. And he only decided to start playing rugby again when he was 25. Really? So he's actually right. only come back and been playing rugby. So he's had a big three years. Big three years. And he was obviously had to get a season at Narbonne. And then he's now playing for one of the teams in like major league rugby in the US. Yeah, I don't know which one. But he also he got signed for Newcastle when he was given a contract. I love he this, just, yeah. Just didn't turn up. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. So hopefully he turns up. That would be step Scottsdale. one. That'd be good. Yeah. But you know, we've talked an awful lot about the answer to Glasgow's big ball carrying problems. I'm going to be very surprised if it is David Tamler. Well, I mean, I've watched his highlights reel, and he does a lot of big ball carrying. Yeah. But that is in Major League Rugby. Yeah. And they're not even that good. Yeah. <laughs> he carries, but are they that good? So... I know, you never know. But it, yeah, I just think it's a bit underwhelming, isn't it? But we'll see. Yeah. We will see. Presumably, it's just quite cheap, and they're taking a bit of a punt on him. Yes. I think punt that's absolutely run. correct. Right, so, and then, quickly looking back, was it even last weekend or two weekends ago, Finn and Grieg getting a second win against England? Um, last weekend. For the Barbarians, last weekend. Finn looking very nice. Oh, it's like the, one of the best I've seen him play the whole season, infuriatingly. <laughs> and I think it was, maybe it was the players he had outside him. Yeah. I had like, he could look to his left or right and have Radrada or Tuosova. And he was like, I don't really need to do anything ridiculous. Or Ashton. Yeah. He was really good. And it was really good to see actually. I was just I was quite pleased for him, like playing at Twickenham against England. I don't think I think some people don't still give him the credit he deserves. I think for a player like that, having absolutely no burden of having yeah. to play structure or ta- really like tactic rugby, I think is perfect for That's him. what I thought. I was just like if for the first time they've actually been like Finn, do what the hell you want. Yeah. He's not been hemmed in at all. So mm. And, ho- and hopefully he'll have sort of similar players outside him at Racing, you know, like Fakatawa yeah. and um, Teddy Tomani. Just like, here you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just go and do stuff. And he's going to be standing behind an absolute beast, like sort of pack. dominant yeah. pack as well. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, what about... Okay, news this. I think it only came out yesterday or on Friday. The fixtures for next year. The SRU have announced that Silver Saturday is going to happen again. So all the finals of the domestic competitions plus... The third leg of the 1872 Cup are going to be played at Murrayfield at the tail end of next year. Now, this has caused an awful lot of um, sort of uh, upset on Twitter from Glasgow fans that I've seen because they will then have two away 1872 fixtures and one less sort of home fixture for yeah. their um, their season ticket. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on it? I mean, if you want to build it up as a big day and you want to get as big a crowd as possible for that match, then... It's the only place you can really play it unless you take it to, I don't know, Celtic Park or Hampden or something. But when again, that's not home fixture. So you could just have the two winter games in Glasgow. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. Uh, but I imagine they pro- yeah, so you probably make quite a lot of money on that Christmas fixture at Murrayfield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 25,000 people through the door. From an SOU perspective, it makes absolute sense. But if I was a Glasgow fan, I'd think it was fucking horseshit. I mean, is, is the point that also a lot of those Glasgow players, you know, Murrayfield's not exactly an away fixture for them. Yeah, it's not, but it is still Edinburgh's grind. Yeah, that's true. And there will be 
an over-indexing of Edinburgh fans. Over-indexing. Over-indexing. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Alan. Where did that come from? Like, is this get... this new sports business book that I can see next to you that you're <laughs> reading? Like Will Ferrell in old school? <laughs> yeah. I don't. Uh, no, I, but I also think, you know, we expect Edinburgh to be challenging for positions next year. And obviously they've done these games on sort of a two-year cycle where one team gets more yeah. games one and then the next year it switches yeah. around. And I think if I was one of the other top teams in their league, I'd be calling bullshit on this because it does make it, it does give them an unfair advantage. Yeah, particularly if yeah, it's close in the like, race behind. Yeah, I think, the, I think this Champions year it Cup. didn't matter because Glasgow had already got a home semi, Edinburgh had already qualified for the Champions Cup. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't matter this year, but that sort of scenario that we said, we talked about quite a lot on the part of what happens if one team needs to take a knee yeah, it does sort of bring that in, but and it is the I saw something interesting on Twitter where obviously it is in the Pro 14 regulations that that and a team can't get an additional home game, and someone said it's SIU are starting to have a trend of ignoring regulations in, re, in regards where teams or games have to be played. Very good. Well, we'll see. I'm sure that story will rumble on, and the SIU will have to do something about it or not. Um, under-20s at the World Cup lost their opening game in the dying minutes against Italy having been they were a couple scores up at one point and then sort of Italy seemed to hand them back in Alan you were watching this where you were supposed to be working what was uh, <laughs> what was going on the game kicked off at 5.30 so technically I wasn't on the clock <laughs> um, I think the, the Italy pack were dominant for the majority of that game. They looked big. They I were, watched a little bit of it. They yeah. were big. And actually, I think Scotland played relatively smart for the majority of that game. Chapman was sort of kicking a lot from nine. He looks good, doesn't he? He does look good. And Stafford, but, and the two standout players for Glasgow, Glasgow, God, Scotland under 20s, with Stafford McDowell and Cammy Hutchinson in the centres, who were able to get that, were making breaks and able to get yeah. that go forward ball. But there was a sort of sense at the end of that game that Scotland were trying to hang on for dear life. Yeah. And that Italy pack were just able to make A, turnovers, and B, do that driving mole that just meant that ultimately they lost. And I think if you compare them to last year, it's a young team with a mm. lot less. Not they've only just, um, as we As we speak, sorry to interrupt, they've just scored a bit of a peach against Argentina. Oh, really? I can't see the score. Put it on, um, put it on the full screen? I mean, seven twelve, seven twelve. Yeah, to Argentina. There so, you go. Yeah, I think they'll be lucky to get out of the group with a win. Who else is in the group? England, oh. as well. Yeah, they've got yeah, England. England, 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 England. Yeah, got yeah. Marcus Smith going to take on the bench. Yeah. He's, start, he's starting today is or he? whenever well, their next play. Yeah. And then they've got obviously Curry brother that's been playing. I can't remember which yeah. one it is, but uh, Ben. Yeah, and Ibatoye plays the Harlequins. Yeah, I think it'll be. Oh. Real, it's going to be real tough, especially for that pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so we will keep an eye on that. The Argentina game is continuing at the moment. Um, but obviously, the biggest news of the week came out of Edinburgh on Thursday. And that was the announcement of a mini Murrayfield, a 7,800-person purpose-built stadium on the back pitches of Murrayfield, hopefully for the beginning of the 2019-2020 season has been announced, um, as well as a rebrand. They are staying named controversially as Edinburgh um, and they've gone for a... There's no rugby? There's no rugby. It's just Edinburgh. What? Yeah. I didn't realise that. We are Edinburgh. 
Edinburgh. This is Edinburgh. A stated 1872, which makes it look a little bit like a, I think, like a bar or a restaurant. <laughs> um, and they've got a new badge, which is burnt orange, we are told, by the press release that went out. Um, and they're going to go back to traditional colors of blue, uh, dark blue and white. So it'll be interesting to see what that uh, comes out of the what the kit looks like when that is announced. And the third announcement, which sort of got lost behind the burnt orange of the new uh, logo, is they're doing a new ticketing pricing to try and encourage. Oh, I didn't see that. They're going to be the cheapest sport to watch in Edinburgh, they say. Um, John Petrie, in our interview, goes into this a little bit um, more. And I think under-16s will go free um, with a paying adult. So to try and get more people through the gates and watching it, it seems pretty good. There you go. But as I say, we had a word with um, Managing Director Johnny Petrie, and here is that. So delighted to be joined by um, Edinburgh Rugby Managing Director Johnny Petrie. Johnny, how are you? Good, thanks, David. Uh, it's been, been a busy day for uh, for Edinburgh. How's it been? Yeah, listen, it's been a, it's been a lot on the go. Um, there's a lot of good stuff on the go at the club uh, just now, and, and, and we felt it important to, off the back of a really positive season for us to... Um, to really set our stall about about what's coming there, so it's been great uh, in the in the first place to to get to a point with uh, with getting the news about our intention to build the stadium um, uh, out there in, in in the public at the same time as we put a planning permission into Edinburgh City Council, um, but also to get the uh, um, the news about the, the the new brand identity launched as well. So yeah, been a been a busy day all round. Absolutely, and um, you've, you've already touched on it there, um, picking up my second question. I mean, how much of the success, that on-field success that Edinburgh enjoyed this year, um, led to this moment? I mean, for instance, if it had been another sort of middling season with no playoffs and no Champions Cup, would we be standing here with a new, uh, a new stadium on the books? Um, yeah, we would have been standing here with, uh, with, with, with a new stadium. I, mean, I think fair to say that the question around where Edinburgh plays its rugby has been on the go for uh, for, 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 for years and years, as long as I can remember. And, and, and we've been, um, I, I think, in fairness to our supporters, fairly nomadic over a, a, over a long period of time. So yeah. um, within that, we've kind of chopped and changed and had to chop and change and tried various things and been at BT Murrayfield and Myerside and Meadowbank and Megatland and, and, and all over Edinburgh, it seems. Um, so it's been one that's been really important for us and, and uh, um, uh, to, to get that done. We've been working hard to try and deliver that over the course of the past uh, the past couple of years, really, first of all, in being to my site and then getting to this point. Um, but I wouldn't say it's so much off the back of a good season. Um, it's just actually quite nice that it's married up properly. Um, yeah, definitely. It's typed well that we've had a good season. Um, and then we're able to, at the same time as that, um, announce these exciting new plans. So it's just it just works really well together. So it's not it's not one's happened because of the other. I wouldn't say anyway. But it's important to have both these things on and off the field, absolutely, um, both moving in the right direction. Absolutely. And what and what, what effect do you think that's going to have on Edinburgh as a club having that one sort of home base, not just for the fans but for the players as well? Oh, I think, uh, for, for, for me and for us, um, we believe it will be transformational. Um, I think uh, um, you've seen what, what, what Cockers has been able to do with that playing group and with that performance group and the way that he's, he's transformed that performance uh, on the field. Um, and, and it's important to us that people recognise that and, and, and they want to, to sit up and take notice of, of, of what we're doing. Um, I, yes, you want to see you want to see crowds grow, um, and it's great to have that product on the field that, that encourages that. 
but you also want to have a, a, a venue and an environment that supporters want to come along to. Um, and, and we feel that in creating this, this new stadium, um, that that's exactly what we're going to do. It'll be a brilliant product on the field, um, and that will continue to, to, to improve over the course of the next couple of years particularly. Um, but also it'll be a great place to come and watch rugby. Um, and that after a long period of both underperformance on the field, but also the chopping and changing and not being in the perfect uh, perfect stadium, um, that's, uh, that's something our supporters really deserve. Uh, absolutely. And I've noticed... What's the, the choice behind going for a, for a 4G pitch? Is, is it being built around one of the existing surfaces that's there? I mean, I've, I've noticed that as part of the Super 6 sort of franchise document, it was, it was referenced that 4Gs were going to be sort of almost treated as a, as a premium. Is that a sort of sign of where Scottish rugby is going? Well, I think we, 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 we've seen the, uh, the success and, and the, uh, uh, the way that, that the, the, the pitch through at Scottsdale has uh, um, has been over the course of the, the past few years since that got installed. Unless you, unless you play for the Scarlets, of course. Well, unless you're playing for the Scarlets, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the less said about that. They're just, they're just whining there. So, so, but um, listen, we, we, as as Edinburgh, from a performance point of view, and as and as Scottish rugby, we're uh, as part of Scottish rugby, we're we're, we're entirely comfortable with uh, with an artificial surface. Um, I, um, it's been great for Glasgow through at Scotstoun. Um, and we'll take the opportunity to put that in play in a in, in, in a new stadium. Um, it means that it's an incredibly consistent surface. It's something that can operate um, year round, um, uh, and again in a consistent in a consistent manner. Um, and it's also something from a performance point of view that the uh, the, the the coaching team and the players are are, are happy with. Um, and we're looking forward to, to to having it in place and, and putting on a good show when we get there. Agreed. My my view is more 4G pitches the better because we don't have that sort of dead three months or two months over Christmas where the the, the grounds are just a bog. So I'm I'm all for that. Um, on on the rebrand itself, I mean, I think almost on his arrival, Richard Cockrell was quite clear that sort of Edinburgh maybe lacked a bit of an identity and has often talked about building a club that people want to come out and support. How much has he personally had sort of to do with this sort of the the rebrand that's come out today? Oh, yeah, I mean, listen, he's had a, a, a pretty central part to, to to the development of that, and I think he was he, he was he was he was entirely correct in what he said when he when he came in. Um, you know, fine well, and and uh, that he's he's always going to speak his mind, and he and he was spot on with it, and that's a, um, a a lack of culture and a lack of identity that's that's probably born out of that history of of relative underperformance on the field, but also that. Being operating in the national stadium or or moving around Edinburgh and and it's really difficult to try and create any sort of club feel and club identity when you're when, when you're doing that. Yeah. Um, so so he was right in, in stating that when it when, when he came in. Um, but one of the big things for him is about about creating that 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 that, that culture and he, and he's done that in spades with the playing group that we've that we've got just now. Um, so that's been great and we've been able to to understand what. Um, what, what, what he and the rest of that, that, that coaching team and the players, what's important to, 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 to them moving forward. Um, and we've also we've, we, you know, we've, we've built that into that into that brand identity. But having said that as well, and, 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 and this is with Cockers coming from a place like, like Leicester as well, where it's very much about the history and the heritage of the club. Um, and, and we shouldn't forget in Edinburgh here that we do have a significant history 
from us that predates the professional era um, with all sorts of players who've come through our uh, come through our ranks for 145 years so that's been where it's been important to us to set out the way forward with this identity um, but also for that to lean very heavily on on, on, on the past um, and that led us to the point of, of wanting to go back to the original district colours of Edinburgh and introducing that dark blue Absolutely and the burnt orange which sounds very exciting uh, I'm not entirely sure I believe your tone there when you say it's very exciting <laughs> there so I mean, I mean listen that, that's a uh, uh, the, 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 the red was part of the original colour palette for Edinburgh as well. Um, uh, we've wanted to, um, to to introduce something quite bold and different in there. Um, and, uh, and, and yes, it's clearly the, the volcanic beginnings of Edinburgh that, that, that play a, a bit of a part in that without getting too much into marketing speak, I suppose, as yeah. well. Um, but we feel it's a, uh, we, we feel it's a, a, a bold move. And, and this for us is all about being bold. Absolutely. Um, the, 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 the predominant colour um, will always be that 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 dark blue, um, and yes, there's a, a fair bit of orange in that in that logo. But people will now see when that brand starts to come to life through everything that we, everything that we do, um, that there'll be um, a, a touch of burnt orange rather than that being the uh, burnt orange all over the place. So we're not going uh, uh, we're not going all iron brew on you. I was going to say, it's, um, it was picked up by a couple of our followers on Twitter that this was maybe opening the door for a sponsorship from Iron Brew, but I'll leave that to, for you guys to work out. Well, we already have a very fruitful relationship with AG Bar anyway, ah, so very good. they're a very good sponsor of ours, but they have in no way influenced the, <laughs> the, the, the branding process anyway. So. Good stuff. I mean, you, there's been a few rugby teams that have changed, changed the logo, um, particularly in the English Premiership this year. Gloucester Rugby sort of famously said that if any of their fans had the tattoo of their old logo, they would pay for the replacement. Are, um, are Edinburgh going to offer up a similar scheme? Well, I, 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 we were talking about this earlier on, actually, and I, I, I'm never sure whether it's right to encourage people to get tattoos in the first <laughs> place anyway. So um, I'd be interested to hear whether any of our supporters actually had an, uh, an original Edinburgh tattoo. So, um, uh, But believe me, uh, if, if you can find an Edinburgh supporter that's got a tattoo on them, um, I'd be delighted to see it in the first place, and I'm happy to have that conversation if you find one anyway. Challenge accepted. Sounds there great. And a, another, another great thing you're doing, I think, um, from the announcement today, and really building on that idea of creating a club that everyone can get involved with. You're bringing in some new ticketing um, policies to encourage um, new fans to get involved with the sport. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, the the, the, the big thing with these with these rebrands, and we, and, and we have seen this through lessons that we've learned from, from other clubs and other teams that have done this recently as well, it's really important to us, rather than this just being a, we're doing a new logo and we're doing nothing else alongside that, um, you actually take practical steps to to, to, to move the club on and, and really change the club, and and, and clearly the timing um, has been right for us to do this alongside the announcement of our plans with the, with the new stadium in the first place. Um, but then it's really important to have the the, the, the practical steps and, and the practical things that you're delivering to really move that club move that club on. Um, we've got an opportunity while we're playing in the main bowl here at BT Murrayfield. We've got the, we've certainly got the space. I've got a few a few spare seats hanging around anyway. I think I think just about sixty two thousand of them to be honest anyway. So, yeah. um, so 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 we've got the ability to do something quite quite bold and quite creative with with, with the ticketing. Um, and I really want to make this. Uh, the, the 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 best product on the field 
uh, at the best value and putting that in the best environment when when the stadium comes to fruition as well. So we felt right and 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 right for us to take the opportunity to, to to set out a new ticketing structure at a time when people are probably expecting us to put ticket prices up, and um, that we actually make this more competitive and more accessible. So in bringing down many of our ticket prices. Um, and, and making sure that for the first half of the season for all Pro 14 matches under 16s can go free when they come along with a paying adult um, that they can go free along with an adult season ticket um, that it's really making that as accessible as possible and, and, uh, and, and, and uh, encouraging people to come along because with the product we're putting on the field and the value that we're creating in the ticket pricing why, why wouldn't you? Brilliant stuff and I think we're going to be in this uh, this pod, we're going to be discussing the sort of a bit of a look back on the season. But I think while I've got you here, what I'd like to, to hear is beyond this sort of stuff. What what are the ambitions for the club, and not just next year, in the sort of years to come? What's what's the what's the vision? It's growth. It's it, it, it's it, it, it's stability and certainty, and it, and it's growth. Um, uh, we've got a fantastic group of of uh, of, of young players. Um, and we're already starting to see that group coming through, and we're, we've 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 enhanced that group and recruited very well across the squad going into next year. Um, and and in terms of the performance and the results that we that we show, yes, you've got that sort of um, if you think about it, musical terms going into next year, the, the the difficult second album, I suppose, where we've had a we've had a good a good first year, um, but now we need to consolidate that and grow into the second year. But this group of players has got a huge amount of potential, um, and and that's an exciting place to to be. We've we've reached the the, the playoffs of the Pro 14. We're back in the Champions Cup. Um, and we need to stay there, and we need to be working towards semi-finals, and we need to be working towards knockout stages of competitions, and we've got the ability to do that, and it's great that we've been able to secure Richard Cockerell's services through to 2021 as we continue to, to, to grow that group as well. Absolutely. When we, when, when, we, when we get that right on the field, um, then you look at the potential for this place in terms of the audience that there exists for rugby in Edinburgh, um, uh, the, we've got a big job to do and this is the first step in that getting them engaged um, getting them involved in what we're doing and getting excited about professional rugby in Edinburgh um, and when we get that right it's going to be brilliant and that's really the vision of what I, what, what, what I, what I see this as being Absolutely, well it sounds great and uh, looking forward to seeing it come to fruition uh, Johnny, thanks a lot for your time this evening and uh, we'll speak to you soon Good man, thanks David Cheers, Cheers. So there you have it. If you are sitting listening and you've got an Edinburgh rugby tattoo of the old logo, um, please get in touch. Johnny Petrie is going to pay for it out of his own pocket to get Wait, that redone. That would be good for the little cannon you got on your bicep there. <laughs> yeah, Alan, you should get that done. If only I could get rid of my Border Reavers tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> so please do get in touch on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod or on Insta, Instagram uh, Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod or on email thethistlerugby at gmail.com I can't have people emailing about the tattoos we are looking for <laughs> Edinburgh rugby tattoos looking for gonna, compensation we are going to fill oh, no. uh, the Edinburgh rugby inbox um, with applications for that yes sounds good yeah <laughs> yes. apparently, apparently so what else um, what did you guys make of it all start with the stadium oh I think the stadium's really good I mean if they've got to stay one more year at Murrayfield which will still will still be abysmal next year yeah. Then at least there is sort of the the goal of a new stadium yeah. coming up in sort of nineteen twenty. Yeah. So they're looking. Then hopefully, if all goes well, the stadium will be ready 
not next season, the stadium at the season after. I've heard Edinburgh City Council that really well known for being like really efficient. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure famously, that will, famously, so. yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll all go to plan slash budget. Yeah, be absolutely fine. Um, I'm a little bit unconvinced that it's going to be in place for 1920. Yeah, just. It, you know, it's not. It's a pretty massive undertaking. But flood defences are in place. Oh, mate. The flood defences are finally in place. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're safe. Environmental. I mean, it standards is that, that water release is savage. While it is a new stadium, it is temporary stands. So I mean, I, I think the once that they get the the new pitch and things like that all set. Did yes. they say anything about the pitch? Is it going to be a four like, G hybrid? Yeah, four G. Four G. It's a new, I, it's a new um, pitch. I spoke to Johnny Petrie. You haven't actually heard the Johnny Petrie interview yet, but <laughs> we, do, we do go into 4Gs. I asked him about 4Gs. All right, good. What did he say? Um, I'll be on the interview. Okay. <laughs> it's in the interview that we've obviously all just listened to, okay? Wow, good broadcasting, guys. Um, right. I, th- I think the st- Yeah, no, about- stadium's it's good, it's good. Right. And no, the, but okay. the rebrand, what do you think about Enough that? Enough positivity. Let's get on to the rebrand. It's not too much to get pissed off about. At least they didn't go for like the Edinburgh Cougars or something, which I think people would have been a bit funny about. Yeah. Or the Edinburgh Knights seem to be being chucked around, which I don't know where you get knights from in Scotland. Castles, knights. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, th- I think it's, yeah, it's fine. I think uh, it's, it's just, I think it's like good overall. It just shows that, I don't know, finally sort of Edinburgh have underachieved for a long, long time. They've got a bit of success now. And like, right, let's see how we can build on that and actually like kind of create a new new kind of history I suppose I don't outside of a very sort of hardcore fan base I don't feel like many people are too attached to that badge and or sort of brand in oh, no. I no feel way. sorry for the guy on Twitter called the black and red he, he's, te- he's changed his photo to orange is the new black oh well that's good though. Well, as long as he's dealing with it I mean I think I think you're I think you're quite right I think it's it's that season of success it allows them to sort of draw a line under it and sort of go forward and I think you're always going to get people slagging off a rebrand Yeah, that's always going to happen exactly. I think they didn't go Bristol Bears they have not gone sort of like massive on it it's just Edinburgh and yeah. that's fine you know that burnt orange is based on the volcanic history of Edinburgh according to the marketing materials so yeah. you know <laughs> someone's paid like 30 grand exactly grand. exactly Classic management Clearly consultant. Clearly, he's had like cockerel on like paint. <laughs> <laughs> he's absolutely fine. Um, and yeah, so the ticketing, they're bringing in some some cheaper stuff, which is great. Well, I, I guess what average attendance at Marseille this year four, three to four. Yeah, if you're something lucky, like that. If you're yeah. Lucky. Obviously, by sort of do lower those prices, you hopefully once that temporary stand comes in, you can sort of try and fill out that seven point seven seven yeah. seven thousand eight hundred. So is that, is that starting next year then? Yeah, so starting next year, I mean, they, want, they want to get, get a few more, more numbers people. in Murrayfield. Right, they've got. I've know. always thought they might as well. You might as well give away tickets. Yeah. yeah. Only other cost is, I suppose, like security on the day. But yeah, they've got you know, a, a, a few spare seats in Murrayfield exactly. that, they can, <laughs> that they can fill up. Exactly. <laughs> um, so no, I thought I generally thought it was pretty good. It's going to be interesting to see, and um, it comes off the back of a very successful Edinburgh season. So why don't we have a look back at that as a sort of end of season review off the back of that. So Can we chat about the Ben Ryan. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously on Stephen Jones's 
rugby podcast whatever that's called he has an interview with ben ryan for about 45 minutes which ben ryan was very interesting but it was still terrible because stephen jones was on it and (laughs) ben ryan sort of gave out a little comment there i don't think we've seen in the press at all that he was not just interviewing for the edinburgh job he made it very clear that he had been offered the edinburgh job Mm. and had decided it wasn't for him and maybe that's just because he's had such a bad experience with the rfu and probably maybe felt that the SOU in general would be yeah, too similar. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, Things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting that you would offer someone like Ben Ryan the job, and then, and now we don't know if anyone else offered the job, but if we make the assumption that Cockrell was the next to be offered, there's probably not another coach in British rugby who's almost like the polar opposite of yeah, Ben I know. Ryan. I know. I know. It's quite funny. And it just makes you think, like, what the sh- what was the sort of strategy at the outset when they decided they knew- when they were hiring a new coach? Yeah. Because it clearly wasn't, we want this to be our game plan next season. We want to do open rugby. Or we want to do, like, forwards-based rugby. Because yeah. then you wouldn't have Ben Ryan and Cockrell in the same conversation. So Maybe they just wanted, like, a big name, you know? Yeah. I think there's a bit of that. It's worked out so maybe they felt they needed someone from outside Scotland yeah yeah and exactly. they needed someone with this sort of name and prestige to sort of carry a bit of weight with those players Ben Ryan I think he, he could be good he's also he would pretty big risk yes never coached 15th properly before yeah you know? yeah, yeah. I, was, I mean it, it would have been a really inter- more interesting appointment than Cockrell yeah in a sense yeah especially with the, the level the talent of backs that they had and the style of play that Edinburgh have gone yeah. have gone with. Yeah. I think it would be a much harder job for Ben Ryan to make an impact in one year than it would be for Cock that the impact that Cockrell's made in one year. Yeah. But hey, it didn't happen. So we got Cockers and we in the so Pro 14 stat line, if I'd been telling you at the start of the year, Edinburgh would have played twenty one, won fifteen, lost six, scored four hundred and ninety four points and finished two points behind the Scarlets qualifying and, and Leinster and Leinster qualifying for the Champions Cup and going down you know within one score of beating Munster in a quarterfinals of the Pro 14 you would have laughed me out of time yeah oh yeah Absolutely. the state yeah, I, think, I think we generally do take for granted like how far Edinburgh have come in a year like where they were last year at the start of the season yeah and what has happened with fairly similar personnel there hasn't been wholesale yeah. changes no little bits and pieces how much of that do you think is down to just pure Richard Cockrell? Um, a vast amount, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's probably not so much. I almost think not a lot of it's 
probably on the training ground. I think a lot of it is, and I don't really like talking about stuff like this, but me- mental and, cult- and the yeah. culture. Yeah. Like we've said it before, the amount of games last season that Edinburgh lost in the last five minutes was generally an, emba- was an embarrassment. Yeah. And the amount of games that they managed to hold hold on this season or win in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, really, it's unbelievable. Really impressive. And you just had like, and obviously they're losing him this season, but I think it was, what, two or three times a season that Duncan Ware's, like, chucking over drop yeah, balls. Two, yeah, Two or yeah. three minutes to go. Yeah. Um, so now that they've got that mindset in place and, you know, from the amount of transfer activity done, they've cleared out quite a lot of the dross. Yeah, And definitely. I'm actually quite excited about quite a few of the signings. So I think they're a really great place next season. Mm. I'm Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um and yeah, same playing staff and the coaching. Like everyone knows Colin McRae. I think he's been pretty good. Colin McRae, sorry, not the rally yeah. driver. Uh, I think he's been pretty good. I think he's quite an underrated coach. Actually, he was good when he was sevens coach as well. Yeah, but you got Hodge there. It's not as if there's like a different voice. So yeah, Cockrell's made such a difference. And I think it is just he does talk about things like when he's talking about the rebrand, just like the identity of the club, and that obviously coming from Leicester and even Toulon. I think he was genuinely like shocked by you know a club that has produced a lot of internationals and has, yeah. I suppose, a lot of history. He's like, there's no culture, there's no sense of heritage or identity. And I think him just like working on that actually made quite a big difference. Um, I'm trying to think like on, on the pitch, the kind of style isn't, not maybe that like kind of unique or anything, mm. like that readily sort of identifiable. But as Alan was saying, they're just really quite gritty now. Like built obviously on good foundations up front. Um, and like, I suppose, pretty direct play in the backs that's all you can really say yeah a definitely. bit of individual class and like you know Kinghorn Bill Matter, Watson those kind of guys Big Doohan Big Doohan he was a good sign well before we start listing off the, all, all the players how about we look at it like this so I want a player of the year a rising star a fall from grace and then you know the one big work on for Edinburgh next year so let's start yep. on player of the year I'm going to chuck in I think mostly because of the journey he's been on in those 12 months. Rambo, from this time last year to now, is essentially unrecognisable. Yeah, it's unbelievable to go from maybe not getting a game last year behind Neil Cochran to then becoming Scotland captain and very, like, deserve it. One of the best hookers in the tournament of the Six Nations. I think he was Edinburgh's player of the year this year. Scotland, like, the Opta stats team or something of the year as well. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Class. I think if it was Scotland's player of the year, I'd almost pick Stuart McAnally, but I think day in, day out, Blair Kinghorn, Blair Kinghorn. I was gonna say Blair yeah. Kinghorn. is by far the best player in an Edinburgh shirt this whole year. Yeah, that's probably right. And I think just, I was a bit worried that he'd have a bit of second season yeah. syndrome and not be, be able to sort of make the impact that he made at the back end of last season. And he's been unbelievable and genuinely not probably not pushing Stuart Hogg for a place but you know if Stuart Hogg goes down I've got absolutely yeah. no issues with Blair Kinghorn no. I mean, King, Kinghorn overall has probably had a better season than Hogg form wise yes but obviously Hogg when he does play for Scotland is you know by and large one of the best players yeah and I think I generally think that Blair Kinghorn will be looked at as potentially start starting winger for Scotland next season I think against Ireland yeah. he did not look out of place on the wing at that at that level, definitely. And definitely. Like someone like Tommy Seymour has got to be incredibly worried. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Blair King on for me. The fact that he Charles Pieto beat him in the Team of the Year. And yeah, I can't quite work that out. 
I mean, Pieto stats are It's just stats, isn't stars. it? But I think Kinghorn stats are better. Yeah, I was thinking... Yeah. But I think Pieto, because it's his last season at Ulster and he's off, I think they probably felt yeah. on balance they just gave it Overall, to yeah, yeah, a few seasons. I'd say another honourable mention for a hell of a season, Grant Gilchrist, I think is, this has been the first time that he's really put his sort yeah. of hand up, both for Scotland and Edinburgh. He's put in some really, really massive performances. I think... Jamie Ritchie had a really, really great start to the season, but picked up a couple of injuries, which um, slowed him down a little bit. But I think he's a yeah. great, not only a great talent for the future of Scotland, but for that Edinburgh back row as well. Yeah. He's going to offer so much. I mentioned Bill Matter as well. Yeah, like, Bill yeah. Matter. So when they signed him and it was just like, who's this lad? Like, yeah. He's from Fiji. That's all you yeah. really knew about him. He's unbelievable. And someone like Glasgow have been crying out for a player like him this season. So he's been great. Huh? <laughs> Um, what do you think about so looking at that young crop of players coming through Edinburgh which yeah. is actually looking very tidy now what do you think of like a sort of rising star for the year or sort of looking into next season um, I was going to I'm say to think. I, I was I going to really say think. Crosby yeah. yeah my only concern with Crosby is I just yeah he's a bit of a big ball carrier I don't know if he's got that extra dimension to his game it seems like a bit of a donkey yeah I think he's young. It's just like goes 100%, but you yeah. know, that's that's kind of it. Yes. And I kind of feel like at the end of the day, if you've got like a Bradbury in your team, yeah. the, the Crosby's not going to really be able to offer you that much more. And we're probably being a bit harsh. Yeah. And it's testament to how good he's been the season that we're sort of talking about him in, in those sort of circles. Yeah. yeah. But I, at the moment, I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to kick on to sort of the next mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It was, I, it was good to see Darcy Graham get a few games, and he looked quite handy when he did play. I think he's still he's still got plenty of time. I reckon he'll yeah, get a few more that. games uh, next year, hopefully. See what he can do. Um, it's quite hard to pick people. I think that everyone played pretty well, and actually, I think it was mainly, as we were saying, it's still like the same squad from last year yeah. playing well. Um, Who's had a bad year then? Edinburgh. It's not really the happiest year for someone like Duncan Weir. But he played well. Duncan Ware is a strange one where he's probably had his almost his most memorable season for Edinburgh, but yeah. now he's being let go. And, yeah. You know, at least he's going off to Worcester and he's yeah. playing, going to be playing for a premiership club next season. Still in the shop window. Exactly. If you're, if you're a Scottish player starting or even in the squad for a premiership team... Yeah, you're, you're going to get a look in. You're going to get a look in at the national team. Definitely, am. Yeah. So, if, I think for maybe from a Scotland... Scottish for his Scottish based career it's been a bit of a sad one but actually in terms of performance he's been- yeah it's quite a weird one he'll yeah. go down as an Edinburgh legend for the drop goal against Ulster, Ulster. yeah kind of shows how low the bar is for me. <laughs> <laughs> two years beat Ulster away and you're like that guy <laughs> that remember yeah. him what Probably- about players like Phil Burley yeah, yeah he was in the autumn international squad but he's not really had I was Much quite yeah. I was quite excited when he first came over from the Highlanders, thinking like this is a decent player. Um, but I've never been that impressed by yeah. him. I think he got moved. He got dicked around a bit. Like played ten and played twelve, and I think he wanted to play twelve. Um, a time when like Alan Solomon's as coach is not exactly going to make a back look that yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah, but biggest fault for Grace John Hardy. On the- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we all like we all like John Hardy, and it's. It's obvious. I actually think he's probably been treated a little, treated a bit harshly by Edinburgh and the SRU. But in terms of someone who has the potential to be a Scotland starting 
seven. Yeah. yeah. Being out for three months and being let go by Edinburgh. I know. It's a pretty massive fall from grace and without a club currently. It's not, yeah, not been... And we've been hearing rumours that he might go back to New Zealand, which obviously if that's kind of where he wants to go, that's great. But in terms of his Scotland career, it feels like that'd be a massive uh, yeah. dent in the chances of him going to the Rugby World Cup. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about looking into next year? So um, an amazing season for Edinburgh. They've The SIU have now sort of made this big investment in them. They've got the stadium coming yeah. in. They've got the coaching staff. And, you know, they've done some handy business players like Simon Hickey coming in, John Barkley coming back up. It's what it's it's a it's a year of optimism, definitely for Edinburgh. What would you say is the thing that they've got to work on? What have they got to be doing to not just you know compete at the same yeah. level of next year, but actually you know maybe progress further into the Pro Fourteen um, sort of? Yeah, I I'm actually a bit worried that they might have that slight second season syndrome. Yeah, just because I think that this year, so next year, teams won't underestimate Edinburgh. They'll be like, this is a good side. Um, we can't take them lightly like we probably could in the past. I think that as part of that, Edinburgh probably need to actually develop their performance side of things a bit more. Like I think last year, the one very good at getting results, but that was often maybe you know at the, at the expense slightly of performance. Um, I think that if they want to keep going, they've got to maybe add a few more strings to their bow and attack, um, develop that side of things. So hopefully, you know, Hickey and Matt Scott can add a bit to that. Yeah, I think. Hickey's probably the player I'm most excited about. Yep. In terms of he's got that super rugby background. He's played for Bordeaux in the top 14 and not just been a bit part player. Mm. I think whilst Van der Vault hasn't has been okay, I don't think he's a 10 who's going to win you the Pro 14. And so I think if Simon Hickey can really take that team by the scruff of the neck, there's enough there for them to really challenge for definitely being in the top two of that group next yeah season. yeah i think the other good thing is that they have gone to that the knockout this year i think that yeah. actually stands because i even think like against munster you know they big themselves up and say yeah we can win this we don't care that we've not been there before but then when they got there it was a bit rabbit in the headlights and they're like it wasn't probably until the last 20 minutes and they actually thought yeah oh, we probably should win this so that that'll stand them in good stead absolutely um Okay, so shall we have a look at Glasgow through the same lens? Have a look back at their season. Um, what, what are your sort of gen- initially your sort of general thoughts on their season, Alan? It's disappointing. Yeah, you know, I mean, if they don't, the thing with Glasgow is because they've done so well for the last four years. I think any season where they don't get to the Pro Fourteen final or at least make a, a slight dent in Europe is going to be considered mm. a, a bad season. I think it. I actually think, in retrospect, this season will be a good foundation for next year. Yeah. Hopefully, there's going to be a couple more signings to come in. And I think George Horn, Adam Hastings, and Matt Ferguson have shown enough this who's, season. Who's Matt Ferguson? Ferguson. <laughs> Fagerson. Fagerson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, you've broken his spirit. Sorry, man. mate. Come on. Spirits are already low. Sorry. Sappuccino. Fever. I can't be fighting you as well. <laughs> right. no, I, I agree, and I think that it just shows how far the bar has been set now that we're like, oh, it was a bit rubbish this season when you know they did finish top of the group and got to the semi-final. It is that issue, though, is if when they went through that winning kind of run at the start of the season, they weren't playing that well, but they were kind of managing to do it. And it feels yeah. like in the Pro 14, you can get away with that, whereas in like the Premiership, you can't. Yeah, yeah. And it just feels like 
almost those weaknesses were just covered up by how poor the Pro 14 league can be at certain points. I think particularly when like teams like Leinster and Scarlets that do peak, they're pretty yeah. good at that. Whereas it seems as if Glasgow sort of did all their good stuff in the first in that like first hand game streak. Glasgow's top players did not step up by the end of the season, post Six Nations. Not only just at the end of the season, I think in the big Champions Cup games and things like that, and I think that had a huge thing to do with the, their season. I remember watching that first game against Exeter and they were in it right until the death, but then just sort of got battered and couldn't quite get over the line. And I yep. think that had a massive effect on their... Like, and then they did essentially the same against Leinster the week after. Yeah. Those big game players, the Scotland internationals, where you see your like your Johnny Sexton's and your your James mm. Ryan's who's in his first season or your big game players, your Rob Carney's at Leinster, they turn up for those massive fixtures, be it in the Pro 14 or the Champions Cup. Yeah. It just didn't feel that Glasgow had that, particularly in the pack. No. I, to be honest, they don't have that many big game players in the pack, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, not too many, like, very experienced internationals. I guess the thing is, Xander Ferguson and Batty, they're, like, coming back from the Scotland team, but it's not... They're not these big, like, 28-year-olds kind of being yeah, there, done yeah. there, got the T-shirt sort of players. They're still That's young true. guys. So you... I think you're just hoping that that development... It's just another year of experience. Yeah. I think it'll have a big impact that Dave Rennie is now there. Yes. I yeah, think we, we, do forget, we do forget that he turned up, like, one week, maybe two weeks before the first game last season. Yeah. yeah. He was doing sort of Skype interviews and things like that before then. Yeah. It's not a normal environment for him to sort of stamp stamp his authority. And you think in that interview that we talked about two weeks ago, he still says he's got about six names, six new players to come into the squad. Six more USA Eagle International. <laughs> <laughs> Please we'll sign are, someone good. It feels that like there might be something more coming mm. out. But what do you think, player of the season for Glasgow? George Horn. It's got to be. You think? Oh, he's easily. I mean, maybe at the start you would have said Calm Gibbons, but I think he tailed off slightly. I think he tailed off a little. George Horn this whole season, like you know, he was good in his first few games. You think, yeah, this guy's got a bit about yeah. him, and just the way he's kicked on to the point where he was starting those big matches and nine ahead of Ali Price and, and even Pergos, just shows how how well he was playing and how much trust Rennie had in him. So yeah, he's my my player of the season by miles. I I had put Calm Gibbons as a player of the season. But I do agree that obviously it felt like the impact he was able to make in those final games was a lot lower than he was at the yeah, start. Yeah, definitely. Was at the start of the season. But I think in terms of for next season, that if he gets that a bit of rest now in that full preseason, yeah. I think he could be absolutely destructive next year. Um, uh, yeah, George Horn, play, player of the year and young player of the year. Yeah, I know. I think, but in that rising star category, I know he got the Glasgow young player of the year as well, but beyond him in that rising star category you've got players like Matt Ferguson coming through who looks like he could be the real deal he's still only 19 years old and he was yeah. starting the big games at the end of the year as well I want, I want them to move into number 8 and be like right you are going to be the Glasgow and Scotland number 8 Yeah, because um, I think that would be his best position I completely agree and it'd be interesting to see if that Stafford McDowell who's a Scotland under 20 captain plays at 12 Yeah, I wonder if they'll and he's played a lot with like I think he maybe played age group with like Ferguson. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he gets stuck in next year because he's obviously played a really good Prem One season, mm. and he might be that next kind of boatload of young players kind yeah. of coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what we're saying on Rising Stars? <laughs> I think so. 
Then what about following and this year? There's one. no one else who's really come in. I know like Ross, nah. like Ross McCann was chatted about, but he's not really. He's not played to, any. Not been able to get any game time. He's with Edinburgh. George well. Turner. George Turner, but he's an Edinburgh player. Until further notice, yeah. Yeah, I'd mention him to be fair. Like, I thought George Turner had it. Kind of chucked across. It, it felt a bit like I'm sure Rennie was like, I, I don't know who this guy is, but SU said we can have this hooker. I thought he's great. Really good. I thought he had a really good season. I'd say someone like Sam Johnson had a very good year for Glasgow. Yeah. yeah. I think Nick Gregg maintained a, a pretty solid level of performance all year. He's picked up a few caps as well. Like, probably like Glasgow oh. stalwart all year. Rui Jackson. Rui Jackson. You him. That's true. The, the Renaissance. Yeah. He's Unbelievable. Been played so many He's been really good. He's been a really You're you right there, mate. I'm just like choking a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, who, do you, who do you think's had a bad year then? Falling Star. Uh, Ali Price had a bad year. Yeah, and majority of Scottish international players had a bad year for Glasgow. Ryan Wilson had a shocker. Tommy Seymour had a bad year. No, but can we talk about Ryan Wilson, please? Yeah, okay, let's talk about Ryan Wilson. I know we do it, but against Scarlet, I'm sorry, he was woeful. And it's just continued like the whole season of him not stepping up and yeah. making mistakes. And just I just don't quite get it. Well, he's got a new two year contract, so we'll have plenty more times to talk about him <laughs> him doing that. For goodness sake. So to finish up on Glasgow there, what do you think they need for next year, aside from a big ball carrying number eight? <laughs> yeah, we've mentioned that a lot, haven't we? Um, they, with Finn going, it seems as if Adam Hastings is being handed the, the mantle. So he's got to really step up, I think. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're just saying, like, he, he's looked good in the, in the flashes that he's played, but that is against, like, Zebre and the Kings. So and, th- and during the Six Nations period when yeah. the internationals aren't playing. So I'm not, I'm not saying that he can't do it. It's just, it just remains to be seen what he's like in those sort of maybe like bigger pressure matches. Yeah. So that, that'll be pretty crucial. Agreed. Alan, any thoughts? No, I, don't, I mean, as I said, just can they get, can Hastings step up in those big games and can they match the big teams in the forwards? Mm. That's kind of it. If they get those two things in place, yeah. they, will, they will be competing to yeah. win the Pro 14. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Year. Definitely. And what about Europe? Europe I, I think it just it depends on the group I think my issue is I think Glasgow get a good group I think at home they can probably take pretty much anyone if they play well yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just worry that if they end up with a, a sort of a Montpellier Leinster extra group they just don't have the depth to kind of take on mm. that campaign that campaign um, I also just kind of struggle to see them doing any better than quarterfinals yeah. Even if they get there. Because then you just, you get, it's so, such a tough competition. Like, because chances are you're probably going to be playing against one of the top seeded teams, like a Saracens or a Racing. Yes. And I just don't know if Glasgow have enough, particularly in the pack. There is still just like that four, there's about a group of four or five teams, which would be Leinster, Racing, Claremont, maybe extra which away yeah. away from home sorry Saracens yeah. which away from home I just can't currently see Glasgow beating in a knockout match exactly everyone else I think if Glasgow bring it they, yeah, yeah. they can got a really good chance and so but yeah you know Dave Rennie has done basically great things wherever he's gone so True. we've got yeah. to give him the benefit yeah, that, that there's clearly got to be there's a long term plan there that he's, he's working towards so see what players come in See what they're like shaping up preseason. Few of the few of the bigger name players are resting this year. Hopefully, Tommy Seymour, etc., come back absolutely firing, and yeah, go on and win the Pro Fourteen. 
Sounds, sounds good to me. Um, right, finally, um, Scotland are in Edmonton in Canada to play their first of their summer tour just, matches. Just getting chinned in Vancouver. They are. <laughs> Nick Griggs' Instagram, they're absolutely shit-faced. Out on the smash. Looks sweet. They've got yeah. a proper tour. Looks like a good, good night. Huh? Looks like a good time. So they've got one week to recover and then playing Canada next well, Sunday morning, UK time. It's a 2 a.m. kickoff for one for the absolute diehards. What do you think Gregor Townsend's going to do? Do you think he's going to treat the USA and the Canada games as um, development opportunities and then save the sort of bigger names for Argentina? Well, Stuart Hogg's been told that he's not going to play in the Argentina match. Yeah. Which is quite, it seems quite, you think it'd be the other way around. So I'm not quite sure how they're going to approach it. Yeah, I... It's it was a bit strange when they said that, but obviously again they just back player King Horn to be able to play that Argentina game. And I guess they just they want yeah. Hoggy to just rest a little bit. I kind of think I'm starting to think now they might just play their full strength team for all three games and Hoggy just drop might, out for the last yeah, game. I think you might as well because it's not because they are resting a few people. It's still a good chance for people to develop and sort of come into the team and try and um, nail down their spot. Yeah, and ultimately, I don't know. You do need to win these games, like yeah, you do. It's not like the end of the world. They're not huge, big, important matches, but you can't be sort of having hopes of like winning the Six Nations and doing well in a World yeah. Cup, and then losing to Canada, or USA. Also, Argentina's the big game. Yeah, Hagiar is. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's quite good, mate. Well done, hey. well done. Uh, is looking good. Yeah, they are. Like it feels like putting out two pretty different teams in the lead up to the Argentina game. And then potentially playing a slightly different team again. Yeah. You're just going to go Better into risk. like bloody like Lions Den and BA and just yeah. know, get up, might get absolutely. Is it, is it in BA? I have absolutely no idea. I made, made a clear assumption that it was <laughs> but it could very easily be in like Cordoba or Rosario. That's you right. know, you know an awful lot of towns in um, Argentina, yeah, don't I've, you? I've seen a few things in Argentina. <laughs> don't you worry about I've it. I've seen you do a few things in Argentina. <laughs> Before we stray Look, violently off topic, there, there. Uh, there's only been a few un- undefeated tours of Argentina, yeah. and me and Matt have been part of one. Yeah, so exactly. That's all I'm saying. Didn't you like cancel one of the last matches because you were all so hungover? It's a story for another pod. <laughs> we had we had a vote and the vote went the right way. Just leave it at that. There was also corruption. It was involved. fixed. <laughs> it was a fixed vote. Well, that sounds great. Is there anything else you want to say on the on the Scotland games other than you know? No, I'm looking forward to it. Do you think they win? Uh, yes, I think they win all three. You think they win all three? Yeah. I, I think might, def- I may like might lose to Argentina. They will definitely beat Canada. Oh yeah, yeah. Canada total dog. Yeah. I think they'll lose to Argentina. I've just got a feeling. That's a tough game. Yeah. Argentina away is a very tough game. Are they game. bringing in the non-Argentinian based players? I don't think they select them anymore. But they, they, I thought they, were, they, gonna, they that? were going to change it for the but it might just be for the World Cup. Mm. Um but yeah, there was chat that they were going to do it for the World they were going to do it for the World Cup. They're playing at the Estadio Centenario. Sweet. Don't could be where. any could be could, anywhere. Could that literally be anywhere. Well, I expect the that Scotland team will be announced in the middle of this week, probably Thursday of this week coming. So keep an eye on our social channels, uh, Twitter at ThistleRobbyPod and uh, Instagram ThistleRobbyPod and we will do that for you. Shall I give you a quick quiz? Have you got one? I've got a very quick one. It better be quick. If you want. I don't think we've got anyone still according, listening. According so to this match, well. they're playing in Uruguay. <laughs> what? Let's check this for another time. Let's assume that they're not playing in Uruguay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do we need a quiz, Alan? Yeah, let's do a quiz. Right. Go on then. Three quick questions. Three, my yeah. Who coached Edinburgh from 
2005 to 2006. 2005 to 2006? I don't know. Um, We're going to go Rob, Rob Moffat. I was going to say Rob Moffat as well. Rob Moffat was 09 to 11. What, wait, hold on. 05, 06. You can just chuck guests at me. Todd Blackadder. Boom. One oh, nil today. Oh, yes. <laughs> one nil today. Hold on, mate. 2000 to 2005. This is just... We're going. Boom. 2005. Um, quite literally no idea. No idea. What are we good? Come on. You got someone. Uh, <laughs> Bob Eason. Small I don't know. Coach. Uh, Haddon. Boom. One all. Oh, nice. 2011 to 2013. Who coached Edinburgh? Michael, Michael Bradley. Bradley. Oh. comes straight on. <laughs> Who is Edinburgh's most capped player? Ever. Ever. Patterson. No. Most points, though. Chunk. Boom. Oh, 3 1 to Hanny, and he takes the it's win. Game over. <laughs> well, well done. That was a nice way to finish. That was nice. Maybe we Sorry, do that uh, next time. Maybe just maybe quick, yeah, quick yeah. fire. Yeah, I think that's good. So they aren't playing in, Argen- in oh, really? Uruguay. It's in Resistencia in Argentina, which is in the northeast. The north is the rugby heartland. I've never heard of Re- Resistencia, though. Looks like it's fairly close to BA, to be fair. Let's wind this up. I think we can call that a day. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week to chat more about the summer tour. Thanks for joining us, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.